It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Today is Monday, November 2nd. I'm Meredith Reddick with Raven News. Six more Sitkins have tested positive for the coronavirus. Health officials announced four new coronavirus cases Friday afternoon and two more over the weekend. While all six patients are residents, two of them are not currently in Sitka. A man in his 20s was among the cases reported on Friday. He is isolating locally and was experiencing symptoms when he was tested on October 29. His case is classified as secondary, meaning he had close contact with another person who tested positive for the virus. The second local patient is a woman in her 60s. She was not experiencing symptoms when she was tested on October 22nd, and her case is tied to travel, according to city data. The other two cases announced on Friday are isolating outside of Sitka. A man in his 50s is currently isolating in Bristol Bay, and it is unclear whether he was experiencing symptoms when he was tested on October 26. His case is travel-related, and a child between the ages of 0 and 9 is currently isolating out of state. He was not experiencing symptoms when he was tested on October 21st, and his case is tied to community spread. On Saturday, a fifth case was reported. The man in his 30s was experiencing symptoms when he was tested on October 25, and according to city data, he is isolating locally. For the sixth case, we know that the patient is female, but her age range and symptom status have not been reported. Sitka's cumulative case count is now 84. According to city data, nine of those cases are currently active. That includes the two patients not currently in Sitka. The city's COVID alert level increased to moderate on Friday. Following rising case counts across Alaska, Sitka's Unified Command is encouraging residents to take advantage of free airport testing when traveling in-state. Almost every region in Alaska is operating on a high alert level, but case counts in Sitka remain low. Excluding Juneau, southeast Alaska has the lowest case rate per capita of any region in the state. At the recent Unified Command meeting, local officials urged residents to remain diligent, especially when traveling outside the region. Jessica Yeremy is a public information officer for the city and borough of Sitka. All the actions that we do decide to take um, can help uh, mitigate the spread. So um, taking advantage of that testing at the airport is a really good decision. Sitka public health nurse Grace Roller said at the meeting that there's been a lag in reporting coronavirus data because the state is overwhelmed with new cases. I think the state is a little bit behind in their entry, given they're kind of overloaded with all of the cases that are being thrown at them to, to enter every day. And so, you know, we saw cases of 500, 300, those kinds of things every day. So that's, I think that's a little bit of the lag. City Administrator John Leach said Sitka is able to support Halloween trick-or-treating events because local case counts are low. He urged Sitkins to continue following best practices as the holidays approach so businesses can stay open and students can stay in school. U.S. Senate candidate Al Gross made a whistle stop in Sitka Thursday evening during a final statewide swing to convince voters to put him in the seat currently held by Republican Dan Sullivan. KCW's Robert Woolsey attended the event and filed this report. Gross met with about 100 Sitkins under the Crescent Harbor net shed where everyone wore masks as much for protection against the chilly breezes as the coronavirus. 
Gross is a political independent who would likely caucus with Senate Democrats if elected, although he emphasized his willingness to work with Republicans to solve some of the nation's most pressing problems, like the coronavirus pandemic and the associated economic depression. Gross is an orthopedic surgeon and commercial fisherman from Juneau. He pushed back against Sullivan's campaign ads that portray him as a California liberal. Here's an excerpt of his remarks. Uh, you need a senator who's outspoken for the, for the values that you care about, and, and I think I share those values with you because I'm from here, and he's trying to paint me as some left-wing liberal. I'm not. I grew up on fishing boats. I've got guns, and I drive boats, and I'm just an Alaskan, just like all the rest of us here. Very climate change aware. I'm, I'm eager to get involved with as many renewable energy projects in Alaska as we can possibly do, and to join back up with the Paris Climate Accords when we, uh, when we win. And I want to be the doctor that gets the public option across the finish line. It, it is so, it is so long overdue that people have the option to buy into the public system. So I'm going to work really, really hard on that. I'm going to work in bipartisan fashion because I really do believe in bipartisanship. It's what I, it's what I grew up with. It's why I'm still an independent. And I believe I'm here speaking or representing everyone in Sitka, not, not just the Democrats, not just the independents. And I want to forge relationships on both sides of the aisle to bring the country back together. That's U.S. Senate candidate Al Gross speaking to about 100 Sitkins and one bloodhound at the Whistle Stop campaign rally at Crescent Harbor. In addition to his support for the public option in health care, Gross touched other Democratic campaign planks. He said that as an Alaskan, he's opposed to government intrusion in our lives, a roundabout way of saying he's pro-choice on the abortion issue, and he supported a national strategy to end the pandemic. 50 different plans at 50 different times isn't working, he said. Gross got the biggest cheer from the Sitka audience when he mentioned finding federal funds to save the marine highway system. The race for U.S. Senate has tightened up considerably in the past few weeks, particularly after the revelation of secretly recorded tapes of Canadian mining executives characterizing Senator Sullivan as a pushover for the controversial Pebble Mine. But Sullivan's base remains strong in the state after he unseated Democrat Senator Mark Begich six years ago. The nonpartisan political analysis at 538.org, averaging all polling in the state, give a five-point edge to Sullivan, 50 to 45. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The federal government released a plan for cruise ships to resume sailings in U.S. waters on Friday. But as Claire Strumpel reports for Alaska's Energy Desk, the 2021 cruise ship season in Alaska is far from a sure thing. The federal government's seven-month ban on cruising has officially come to an end. But that doesn't mean the cruise industry has a clear path into Alaska next spring. The no-sail order from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention will be replaced with what's called a conditional sailing order instead. It's basically an acknowledgement that the health system isn't ready for unrestricted cruising. It comes with a requirement for cruise ships to apply and register with the CDC to sail. That's significant for communities like Skagway, whose economies are tied to the cruise ship industry. Our survival as a community could very well depend upon how all of this shakes out. Skagway Mayor Andrew Cremata says cruise ships are well over 90 percent of his town's economy. 
He noted that the conditional sailing order also says the cruise industry needs a plan that satisfies local ports. That really matters in tiny, remote towns like Skagway, where the nearest hospital is 100 miles away by ferry or seaplane, and the local clinic only has two ventilators. But Kermata says Skagway can handle it. We're ready to have a cruise ship season. I have zero doubt about that. We're prepared to deal with COVID. We're prepared to deal with the influx of people, to deal with the intricacies of whatever we need to do to make sure we have an economy here. Unfortunately, all of these factors beyond our control um, prevent us from doing that. So keep our fingers crossed, I guess. There's a potential serious obstacle. Maritime law says foreign-flagged cruise ships need to stop in Canada between U.S. ports. And Canada's port is closed to cruise ships through next February. That's a couple months before Alaska's cruise season starts, but cruise companies need to plan their itineraries now. And there are no guarantees that closure won't be extended as COVID-19 case counts rise in the U.S. That's got Alaska's two U.S. senators exploring waivers and workarounds that may help Skagway and other southeast port towns that depend on the cruise industry. Kermata says he's grateful that the delegation is exploring ideas that could bring the town's economy back to life. But he says those ideas are just the start of a solution. Real economic recovery hinges on the ports and borders being open. And they're going to need an economic bailout if the cruise ship season fizzles for a second year in a row. You know, we don't like to have our hand out. We don't like to say we need help. But even in a best case scenario, we're going to need help. In a worst case scenario, we're going to need a lot of help. There's one more wrinkle. Earlier this week, the CDC renewed the travel warning it originally issued in March. It's the agency's highest warning, level three, and basically tells travelers that even if they can sail on cruise ships, they shouldn't. For Alaska's Energy Desk, I'm Claire Strempel. Clinkett culture bearer and leader Kingiste David Katsik died suddenly on Wednesday evening. Katsik was the clan leader of the Shangukadi, the first president of Sea Alaska Heritage Foundation, and an educator who championed Clinket culture and language. Thanking another person as accepting the gift that was given, which means we become responsible. That's the word for kunashish. We are receiving a gift that we didn't earn, it was given to us, like our language. That's Katsik speaking at the Sharing Our Knowledge conference in Juneau last year. He was born in Klukwan in 1942, but spent most of his life in Juneau. He helped establish the first celebration in 1982 and worked with the Juneau School District in the 90s to provide decades of vision and support for Clinket culture and language literacy programs. Katsik's clan nephew Ricardo Worrell says that while the pandemic impedes customs for grieving and memorial services, they will find a way to honor Katsik in a safe way. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News.